This is the Made It in Music podcast. I'm Seth Mosley, and this is show 153. Welcome to the podcast, where we bring you tools and resources to help you go full-time in music and to stay in. The music business is a roller coaster ride, changing faster than any of us can pay attention to. We all need a competitive edge to stay ahead and to stay successful. What's working, what isn't, and what's coming? That's exactly what this show is all about. Back again with Full Circle Music, the Made It in Music podcast. What's up? This is Seth Mosley. You're on the Made It in Music podcast. And today we've got an amazing episode. We've got my friend Jackie Patillo, who heads up the GMA, the Gospel Music Association. Such, such a good episode. You guys are going to want to stick around all the way to the end. But before I introduce Jackie, and before we dive in, quick, quick announcement. In this episode, like I said, we're talking to Jackie Patillo, president of the GMA, which puts on the Dove Awards. We would love to have some of you out there listening to this podcast win a Dove Award someday. And we'll actually be talking about how that works in our deep dive today. So in order for you to have a chance at an award like that, you definitely have to become a professional in the music industry first. And we've got a step-by-step guide that'll show you exactly how to do that. It's called the Music Industry Baby Step Plan. It'll show you exactly step-by-step what you should be working on at each stage in your journey if you want to achieve the dream of going pro. So to learn more about the baby steps, visit fullcirclemusic.com slash baby steps. Again, that's fullcirclemusic.com slash baby steps, all one word. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Welcome, Jackie Patillo. Hey, how are you doing, Seth? So good to be with you and your peeps. I am so excited to have you here. I'm personally, I've been looking forward to this interview because I want to get to know your story as much as I'm sure our, our audience does as well, too. So thank you for making time today. Absolutely. And, uh, and first of all, the obligatory coronavirus crisis. How are you guys at the GMA holding up with all of this craziness going on in the world? Oh, we are holding up. You know, um, this is, it's a real test. It's a real test of, um, you know, I probably wouldn't mind being at home so much if I wasn't forced to be at home so much, you know, (laughs) Um, but we're optimistic. We are rolling with it. We're being flexible and we are trusting God through it, you know? I love it. So, before we dive into what you're doing today, I want to I want to back way up and and ask you where did your love of gospel music originally come from? Hmm. Well, uh let's see, where shall I begin? Um you know, I was one of those wild teenagers that didn't really know anything about God or Jesus and I met a man who I ended up marrying who told me about the Lord. And so when I, and so my ex-husband, when I met him, he was the lead singer of Santana and um, he had become a believer and was very much a Bible thumping guy. I mean, after his concerts, um, he would have Bible studies and, you know, so rock bands would, you know, band members would end up having Bible studies after the shows and whatnot. Anyway, um, I, I really do attribute coming to know the Lord in during the Jesus movement, because this was back in the 70s. And um, 
it music was really that bridge between the Bible and a real relationship and getting to know the person of Jesus Christ and understanding the love of God. Mm, so good. And then, so the, the, the music component, I'm sure came into it, you know, the Jesus movement, you brought that up was, was it kind of, you know, Larry Norman and those sort of artists? At right. the time? Yeah. Yeah, the Jesus movement was um, a time where God was, revival was in the land, and God was calling on really unchurched musicians were were coming into the kingdom and writing these little songs, and, um, and it was infiltrating the church, and um, my ex-husband was definitely um, a part of that, and so... Um, yeah, it's been a, a, a long time, but I was surrounded by music and, you know, everything from, like you said, Larry Norman and Keith Green and Parable to Andre Crouch and Edwin Hawkins. And so, yeah, Parable, I was just surrounded by it. I love it. So I'd love to hear a little about your story. And I want to start with your time at Songstar. So maybe just walk us through your story and how you kind of got to where you are today? Well, what had happened was <laughs> <laughs> that husband that I said that I had. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I have two beautiful children and a, a real taste for fine cars because of him. Um, but even more th- so than that, um, I had been um, pretty much production manager. We had the home artist business, so to speak. So I traveled the world and um, doing shows and um, spreading the gospel through music. And so when I was faced with divorce, um, my kids were three and seven, didn't know what I was going to do. I was married at 19. I was 33 at the time. So I'd never lived on my own. My kids wanted to eat three times a day. It's like, what in the world was I going to do? And I clearly heard the Lord say, go to Nashville. I'm going to continue to use you in Christian music. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yum. I put a fleece out because I wanted to be sure it wasn't something that I ate and that this really was the Lord. I made some calls. I called Billy Ray Hearn, who had walked with me through um, my divorce back then. This was in 88, 89. And I said, Billy Ray, I feel like God is telling me to go to Nashville. At the time, Sparrow was still in Los Angeles. And um, he encouraged me. And I called Wes Yoder, who had been um, a longtime booking agent uh, for my ex-husband. And I asked him if I could stay with him. And he told me that he had a place on Music Row that he was selling if I didn't mind staying by myself. And so I left the kids with my parents and I drove cross cross country and um, came to Nashville. And it just so happened that Stan Mosier, who had been head of Word, um, who knew me well, I knew Stan well, um, I called him when I got here and he was not surprised. He knew of my story and, um, 
he'd come to Nashville to help grow Star Song. And so I'd go over to his house, him and his wife would feed me. I would ponder what was my future all about. And he ended up telling me, he says, you know, Jackie, I think you're an A&R person. And we don't have that job yet, but if you'll just come and do whatever, I'll get you there. And so I started at Starsong as the receptionist. And eight years later, when they sold the company, I was um, the vice president of A&R. And so I had, that was really a a wonderful season for me. Um, Jeff Mosley was the vice president of Starsong at the time. Um, Danny McGuffey was head of marketing. And Daryl Harris and Janet Harris, who were the founders of Starsong, um, Daryl was the head of A&R. Bill Gaither had been a, a part owner. And these folks just mentored me. And it was awesome. So I got to sign Phillips, Craig, and Dean and develop them and walk with them through their process as well as several other artists. But yeah, it was it was quite a season. Hmm. I love that. And I realized I corrected my error in my head after I said, I said song star before we introduced that, but it's, of course it's star song. Star song came out with some of the records that I, Oh, I mean, my first records take, take, wasn't take me to your leader. Wasn't newsboys. Yep. The newsboys were Daryl Harris. uh, was the A&R person for the newsboys. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was my first, our our audience knows that That was my first CD when I was a kid was, was Oh, that's awesome. So, um, I love that. So so many good artists that came out of Star Star Song. Star Song. Twilight Paris was there. Yeah. There's and, a group called Sierra that I got to work with. Yeah, it was a great, great season. So man, that gave that that you you very much have the in the trenches experience of working alongside artists, producers, record labels, making you know, in the creative process. So what was the journey in between that and the Gospel Music Association of kind of doing what you're doing now? Well, because I'm a woman of faith and power. (laughs) Um, Let's see. They sold Star Song and Jeff Mosley went to the Benson Company. And so he brought me on at Benson as A&R. And we signed Natalie Grant and did her first records there. Was that was awesome, and um, got to introduce her to Bernie, and it was just a really sweet time. I worked with Russ Taff and did a re- record with Russ. I just love Russ and Tori to this day. Um, and then things the road kind of turned there, and um, I ended up at um, I'd always wanted to do gospel. I did gospel a bit when I was at Starsong. I was able to do gospel music distribution there and align with um, a lot of great greats from um, the gospel world, like John P. Key. Uh, we marketed his record. We did a distribution deal with, with Ty Scott. But um, I went to from Benson to Integrity, and, and I got to head up integrity gospel integrity wanted to expand their gospel division and so i moved to mobile alabama and in 2000 
And Stephanie Andrew, she was the marketing um, director at the time, and I, we, I got to oversee the Integrity Gospel roster, which was awesome. That was um, Israel Houghton and Joe Pace, and we signed Lisa McClendon and Stephen Hurd, and uh, we distributed and did the marketing in the CBA for Mary Mary and several of the Sony artists, and. Um, so that was quite a season. And I loved the job, but I did not like living in Mobile. Mobile, even though it's five-hour drive down the road, it's a long, it's, it's a different world. And I was going to say, it's, an, it's another, it's, dare I say, it's another planet in, in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> God bless them. Yeah, it would not work for me. Yeah. So learned some great things. Um, and prayed my way out of there. And that's when God opened the door for me to go to uh, Verity, which is the gospel division of Sony Records. And so I was the vice president of A&R and Artist Development at Verity 2005 to 2010. And then they moved me back here to Nashville before I was downsized. And um, I was off for a few, quite a few months consulting and, you know, I was doing some stuff with the GMA. I was, I've been on the GMA board for quite some time, but, you know, that's way different. And at the time, Mitch Solaric was the chairman of the GMA. And he suggested, he said, Jackie, why aren't you applying for this executive director job? Because, Uh, The GMA had been without an executive director for a couple of years. The board was running it. Ed Leonard uh, was doing a lot of sacrificial work running the the GMA, and they felt like it was time to have an executive director. And so they put out a call, and Mitch said, Jackie, why aren't you applying? I'm like, I'm not applying because I've never been the executive director of a nonprofit organization. I don't know anything about that. And um, Fair enough. that's a good, that's, that's a good thing to say. <laughs> also what I would have said. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, through a series of events, um, your GMA was in a very difficult time at, at, back in 2010, 11. And um, so somehow I figured, well, I'm not doing anything, so I may as well, because I care. Yeah, I I love that. That's so good. And and about the time for me personally that I started getting into the music business, which would have been, I graduated from high school in 2005, and I remember coming down to GMA Week the next year. So it would have been yeah, 2006, and I was you know I had a band and I was working with other bands on producing and their records and just handing out demos and that whole thing. So, um, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So, so you were kind of coming into it at a, at a bit of, of a difficult time. To say and, the least, it was on life support. Yeah, it was on life support. So you've obviously done no less than a minor miracle to, to, to turn the ship around. What, what, um, I want to get to that in a second, but I want to start for people that maybe aren't as familiar with it. What exactly is the GMA? You mentioned it's a nonprofit. It's all about gospel music. What, what is it? What does it do? Why does it exist? Good question. 
the Gospel Music Association is a trade organization that represents all of Christian and gospel music. Um, we are an umbrella for all styles of music. Gospel music, bear in mind, is the only music that is identified by its message and not by a genre. So you can be under this Christian gospel music umbrella and be a hip hop artist or, you know, a Latin artist or Southern gospel, or, you know, we are not defined by our style, but by our message, by our calling. Mm. And so based on that, and because we are a trade association, we are a voice on behalf of all of God's creative people. And so when I say that we're a voice, I mean that through a form of advocacy. Um, when there's a bill on Capitol Hill that pertains to the creative community, the Gospel Music Association lends its voice as a representative of all of you, um, like we just did with the Music Modernization Act that was passed last year. Mm. Um, we also, our mission statement is that we are here to expose, promote, and celebrate the gospel through music. And we do that in a three-phase approach, uh, past, present, future. And uh, we induct five, four people into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame every year. And we honor four people uh, from within our community for their philanthropy at our GMA Honors event. GMA Honors allows us to shine a light on our history and the rich legacy that we have. Um, Immerse uh, used to be Jesus and the Music and the Rockies is our education arm. Um, and we'll talk more about some of the education, the future of uh, GMA and um, our education endeavors with uh, the new GMA Academy that's coming up. Um, but education is a big part of what we do too. We want to teach the next generation of Christian and gospel artists and business people. Hmm. I love it. Um, it's a great mission. Actually, that's that's probably the best explanation I've ever heard of it. So I'm glad we glad we dove into that. And then you know the present uh, is the Dev Awards. I like to call our current artists um, modern day uh, Christian soldiers are artists who are on the front lines, traveling the highways and byways, um, impacting culture with the good news of the gospel. Uh, basically, that's what we're doing at the Dev Awards. You know, um, it looks and it is fanfare and it's a celebration and it's a concert. Um, and But it's also a televised show. You know, the mainstream world, they may not understand a lot of what we do, but um, they understand award show. Mm. They understand celebration. And so the Dev Award platform is at one time a year where all of us can come together on one stage and shine our light bright. Uh, for the world to see. 
And I'm very proud of the unity that we're able to bring to our community uh, that one time a year. And that um, the media and the press can come out and they can see us uh, come together. Uh, The Bible says to let your light so shine before men so that they can see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. And that's what happens at the devil works. I love it. Well, you've done an amazing job with all of the, I mean, I've, I go to the Dove Awards every year and it's it's a big highlight for us and our team. Well, that's because you've gotten a few. Haven't we given you a few Dove Awards? We've got, a, we've got a few. I've got them behind, they're situated somewhere behind my webcam, so you can't really see them <laughs> right now. But <laughs> Well, you'll have to show the people your Dove Awards. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a picture and add, add it in the show notes for this one. Well, I've got an amazing team. We are a very small association when it comes to staff, Justin Fratt um, and Alexandra um, Mohalowski. We are a small but mighty team. We've got several part-time people that work with us that um, are able to pull off the amazing things that we do. But um, I'm very proud of Justin. And um, we couldn't do it without without this strong team of ours. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm amazed at what you guys are able to pull off with, with, you know, being as lean and mean as you are. Um, I'd love to dive into a little bit. You've, you've been around the industry around Christian and gospel music for a long time as a, as an A&R person. And now as head of the GMA, how has, in your eyes, how has gospel music or, or Christian music grown or changed over the years since you kind of got into it? Hmm. Well, you know what? I love the fact that there's a sound for every season. You know, we don't know what it sounded like when David was dancing half naked down the street. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're, you're right. We don't know what it sounded like when he was playing to soothe Saul's or to comfort Saul in his... Um, physical despairs. Um, But we know what the hymns sound like. Mm. And we know what, you know, we were saying the the Jesus movement, what the music sounded like then. And we know what it sounds like. I've worked with Stephen Wiley, who's one of the very first gospel rappers. Well, we know what gospel rap sounded like then and what it sounds like now is different. Yeah. Um, so I love the, the creativity of, the, of God and that it's not um, one size fits all. I love that it's not, I love the diversity of our music. And I know to me, it's 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 amazing when a person that is um, gifted, like yourself, when you hear that new song in your head, and and you pursue it, you know the melodies of heaven that 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 touch the earth. Um, to me, that's the most awesome evolution um, is the fact that the sound evolves, but the message is consistent. 
and how God works through people is awesome. Now, the industry has changed in so many ways, but it's changed not just for Christian gospel music, it's changed for everybody um, from, you know, the way we used to listen to music to the way we listen to music now is different. And we've all had to adapt to that. Mm. Yeah, well, that's very well said. Um, I'm not sure if you are, there's a, actually a really good Facebook group that is kind of an industry group. I think it's called Christian and Gospel Music Industry. Our friend Steve Blair heads that up, or at least- oh, I love Steve Blair. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm just curious to hear your response to this, because I think you 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 sit at it from a you know ten thousand foot overview. He talked about he, he reposted a link of um, Travis Scott, who's a you know mainstream artist. He just did a concert on Fortnite, which is this massive game. Over twelve million people watched it, which is insane. So his question is, how can Christian artists innovate to increase their audience? And I'd just love to hear your thoughts, or maybe maybe even challenges for for the Christian artists out there? I love that question. Um, you know, as an a person, so many people would come to me and pitch their song or say, I want to be an artist. And my question would be, well, who are you? Or what, what does that mean to you? Well, I want to be like Amy Grant or I want to be like Yolanda Adams. Well, I want to be like, I want to be like, um, and my answer would always be, we already have an Amy Grant. We already have a Yolanda Adams. What is that unique authenticity that you are bringing to us creatively? And so that's really my challenge is it takes a complete surrender, a total abandonment to allow yourself to be um, creative and innovative. Mm. And it's very challenging when, if your motive is, I want to write this song so that radio will play it. Well, then that puts all kinds of stipulations around the creative process. Yeah. In my opinion, which makes it impure. Mm. And so, um, I think innovation does come from God. Um, it's not restricted to Christians or to people that believe. But it takes a vulnerability and a surrender to um, be willing to offer up something that may sound different, that may be different. Hmm. And um, I think that the silver lining to COVID-19 is going to be having our creatives sequestered and, and quarantined and um, because, you know, there's some creativity that is birthed from pain. Hmm. Yeah. I don't have to tell those country writers that. There you oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's so well said. And really just diving into what is your authentic. What is your authentic sound? Who yeah. are you? Yeah. So good. Um, 
I do want something that we can't. I mean, Seth, you can teach and teach and teach, but you can't give that to somebody. Yeah. 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 We can certainly teach the mechanics. We can teach the 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 technique. We can teach the tactics and the technical strategies, that that whole side. But but you're totally right. There is something intangible that happens when, you know, a Lauren Daigle comes along or African country comes along or, you know. Yeah any of these, any of these acts. So, um, I would love to, I I do want to dive into the present and I want to hear a little more about what you're doing through the GMA Academy. But before that, I kind of want to just zoom out and you've, you've been in this position, like you said, since 2010, 2011, what has been, if you can identify what has been one of the biggest learning moments that you've had in your time at the GMA? Hmm. Well, there's a hundred of those things that I could talk about um, from a tactical standpoint. I'd never worked with a board before. Um, There's all sort of administrative things. I think one of the things that I'm most challenged by and also determined is the need to unify our community. Unity's hard. You know, we all go to our corners on Sunday morning, which is great because that is a part of um, us being authentic, is going to where... um, we feel comfortable or to what fits us and suits us the best. Mm. Um, but I think that there is a, a great need and the GMA is primely positioned um, for us to come together and talk about things that we do have in common mm. to learn from each other um, and to respect each other. Um, you know, people say that you fear what you don't understand. Um, we need to understand each other so that we can be champions of, um, one another, because as we move out, whatever this season that we're in ends up birthing, um, I think that it will be important for us to be a united front more than ever. Mm. Um, one of our themes at the Devil Wards one year is better together. Yeah. And um, I, I feel very strongly that we are better together. You know, it doesn't matter if you believe in, you know, dunking or splashing in baptism. It doesn't matter. Um, but one of Jesus' last words was that they would be one as he and the Father are one. Mm. And um, we we see how polarizing politics is. Um, we as the body of Christ need to be able to lay down some of our arms and move into the future as one. And um, I'd like to see the Levites doing that. I'd like to see us leading the charge uh, with the music. I love that. 
Very, very well said. Well, one of the things I love about you and your organization that, you know, we've connected so well over is, you know, at Full Circle, we're all about helping musicians, songwriters, and artists to succeed. So what advice would you give to those wanting to spread the gospel through music? Um, I love the bloom, bloom where you're planted. You know, it's so, as human beings, it's so easy. We, the grass is greener on the other side. We're, and, and it's true. There are people ahead of us who give us something to aspire to or um, people that are ahead of us that can teach us something that we have not yet learned. But, you know, you don't get to A, from A to Z without passing through a whole lot of um, B, C, Ds, and Es. I mean, and so, you know, I always like to encourage people wherever they're at to value it. The Bible says don't despise small beginnings. Mm-hmm. And unless we're able to appreciate where we are and value the talent and the audience that he has given, if that audience is a nursing home or if it's a youth group or if it's, you know, if it's small or if it's large, valuing that audience Mm. is what will make a way for a larger audience. The other thing I like to encourage people is to, when you're getting on the stage, you're not getting on the stage for you. This isn't so that you will be applauded. Yes, you don't want to jump up on there and do something that's going to make people boo you off. However, what, you know, know your purpose. You know, why do you want to sing? And who do you want to sing to? And I think that we can see artists that we that have been impacted our lives the most when they step onto the stage, they have something that they want to give us. Mm. We receive them, we receive that gift, and we give something in return. But Often when we see pride lead someone onto the stage or when we see um, something that is um, unauthentic step onto the stage, the audience knows it right away. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, we've been saying a lot lately that people resonate with what's real, regardless of what, what genre you're, you're doing music in. Um, so as we're kind of closing out that, that's really, really great advice. Can you tell us a little bit more about the GMA Academy and the work that you all are doing? Yes. We're very excited. You know, for years we've been doing immerse, which is, um, gathering the industry together to speak into the next generation. Um, and so now we're taking that same concept virtually and we're launching GMA Academy. So this will make it um, accessible, all of this information that we have via podcast and videos and mentoring sessions. And um, we will be able to create a program that can speak to you in your home. 
that you can glean from at your own time. You don't have to get on a plane and fly over here and, you know, which I love, um, I love when our immersed registrants come together and we always have a good time. And hopefully there'll be room for that in the future as well. But for now we're focusing on GMA Academy and how we can um, bring you the Seth Mosley's and the Ed Cash's as well as our industry leaders and our artists um, and make it accessible. So you can go on the gma.org website and under resources, um, GMA uh, Academy and see more of um, the specifics. It'll be launched in June. So Awesome. GMA Academy, we're excited. We're growing. Very good. Well, I'm I'm excited for that as well, too. And I, I know there's so much value in there, what you're giving to people. So thank you. Thank you for, for providing that resource. And um, yeah, so as we're closing out, are you ready for our lightning round? We got rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. Okay, deep breaths. <laughs> deep breaths, exactly. Okay. Favorite artist to listen to? to have a favorite <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go like i'm gonna say stevie wonder okay that's i i, I wondered if you would go in that direction but that's uh, a, i will that's a great artist to listen to <laughs> <laughs> what was the last book that you really got into the alchemist i love that book one of my top favorites uh, favorite place you've traveled? Oh, I love traveling. So, um, oh, that's going to be hard because I love beaches. But I got to, I, you know, it was Dubai was on my bucket list. I've been to Israel several times, but Dubai was on my bucket list and I got to go not too long ago, a couple of years ago, which is awesome. I love it. Um, and lastly, an inspiring quote that you love could be a scripture verse too. an inspiring quote or verse that you love mm, quickly. Mm. Oh, <laughs> see, I don't know. I, I guess I'll just say bloom where you're planted, even though that sounds so, um, as soon as this is over, a whole bunch of them are going to come to my mind, but because I'm on the spot, I'm, I'm not thinking of the good ones. Hey, bloom where you're planted is a great one. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. I'll go with that. Awesome. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for being with us today. We are going to be doing a quick little deep dive on how the Dove Awards work. How, how do people win Dove Awards? How does that whole thing happen? And uh, so if people want to access that deep dive, then go to madeitinmusic.com. All of the deep dives are there. I am so thankful. You've been a very important person in, in my life as a creator in the Christian music industry. So thank you for making time to do this today. No, you're welcome. Thanks. I'm honored to be here. Awesome. <laughs>